Hey, welcome back to another Dispatch from Holly McKay. Today, we are going to go back in time in the Middle East to revisit old wounds, literally look at the salt that's being rubbed in them. Holly, you've got a powerful story for us today. Tell us a little bit about it. Right. So I first came across this story and that was about, I would say about three or four years ago. And I was just on, on the internet looking at the FBI's most wanted site and I saw a woman um, and she's the FBI still the most wanted woman um, as she was back then and still now. And I was very curious. I thought, well, who is this woman and why is she so wanted by the U.S. government? And so I Googled her. Um, she was a Palestinian woman. And I Googled her and sort of found out that uh, that her backstory was that she was sort of part of this massive terrorist attack that happened in Jerusalem about three weeks before 9-11 happened. So it was August 9, uh, 2001. Very, very hot time, obviously, in the Middle East. Um, and a, a you know massive um, bomb struck a Esparo pizza store in Jerusalem, and and many many people were killed. And and so I sort of went back and I I found the story of a, a young American teenager, um, Australian American, and she had been killed in this attack. And I'd found that you know her parents had sort of made a couple of appeals because this particular woman um, had been convicted, was in an Israeli jail and then released as part of a massive prisoner exchange. Um, she was an operative of Hamas um, and was living freely in Jordan and not really at that time just living freely, but she was you know, running a media channel. She was sort of this public personality. And you can imagine, you know, as a parent, I'm sure, to have lost your child and then to see someone who was gloating about it, um, you know, being able to sort of live this free and happy life where you're still mourning um, the loss of your daughter that should have been still behind bars. So um, this kind of led me down a vacuum and I, I did a story on it several years ago and it was something I felt was very important to revisit to see if anything had changed now. Well, and has anything changed? Because, you know, in your, in, in your piece, on the Substack, you noted that this woman, yeah. um, who uh, named uh, Tamimi, I believe, is yeah. uh, was sentenced to sixteen consecutive life terms with a very strong admonition that she never be up for parole from the from the ruling judges, and mm -hmm. so now she's been out for what twelve years or so. Um, Absolutely. Has anything, has anything changed? I mean, you know. No, it it hasn't. And let, let's sort of go back a little bit to the backstory. Uh, so Maliki was this uh, young teenager, uh, an American who was uh, killed among the dead. Um, there was about, I believe, 122 people that were severely wounded, and about 15 people who lost their lives. And one of those was was young Maliki. Um, and there was also another American that was killed, Shoshana. Greenbaum and she was actually pregnant so she uh, lost you know her own life and, and her unborn child um, and in addition to that four U.S. nationals were among the uh, 122 that were very wounded and one of those victims is, remains in a vegetative state today so um, you know 
this is, you know, this is extremely heartbreaking, um, as you can imagine. And this individual, uh, Tamimi, who uh, Halam Tamimi was kind of the person who drove the bombers uh, to the site and was part of the planning process and, and kind of ran these, these media channels for Hamas. Um, so, you know, very horrible kind of stuff. And so, um, when that happened, um, she obviously didn't take too long for her to be arrested. Israelis are very good at tracking down uh, these particular things. And she pled guilty in an Israeli court. Um, I think it ended up her trial was two years after the attack for her pivotal role. And as you said, 16 life terms plus an additional 250 years in prison. And you would think, you know, with ironclad terms like that, there's really no way that she would ever be able to, to get out. Um, but however, in, uh, in 2011, a massive prisoner exchange happened in which the Israelis really released, I believe it was hundreds of or over 1,000 Palestinian prisoners for the safe return of just one Israeli soldier who was in Hamas captivity. So that sort of goes to show you how much value do put on having their, you know, soldiers returned uh, safely to to you know, exchange more than a thousand Hamas um, sort of convicted terrorists for this this one particular soldier. Um, so that happened, and and Tamimi and also her, I believe he's her husband now, and was also part of Hamas and bombing. Uh, were both part of this exchange, um, and she was born in Jordan, so therefore she was sort of uh, sent back to to Jordan uh, once that release happened, and then for the Roth family. Uh, Arnold Roth, who I speak to, and Fumet is his wife, and they are the parents of of Maliki, who lost her life. Um, you know, this was a, a very confusing time for them because they they sort of said to me that they weren't really made aware of what was happening. Nobody had informed them this was going to happen. And as you can imagine, they sort of found out through the press. And when they found out that someone who was involved in their daughter's killing was released back to Jordan, where she was born, and to live a free life. Can you imagine that sort of, um, I guess, the ripping open of the wound, if you will? I can imagine that's only incredibly painful. And and to sort of then have to watch over the years um, to see her live this sort of free and happy life and continue to gloat in media interviews about what she did and, and sort of take some kind of huge pride in it. I, I can only imagine that, how much pain that that would be for them. And so we really since then... Um, they have been very active in their sort of campaigning to try to see um, her extradited the US. Obviously, the FBI has her as a most wanted, and yet she's walking freely. So, um, it, you know, it brings up a lot of uh, political, very uncomfortable political issues. Yeah. Well, if she's wanted by the FBI uh, for major terrorism crimes, uh, but she's in Jordan. Is is that have something to do with extradition laws? So the uh, government in Amman, um, and, you know, again, you, you we sort of look at this and we think, well, here she is as the most wanted by the U.S. government. But at the same time, we have this great relationship with Amman um, and the government in Jordan. So what is the problem here? So, um, yes, again, this is where the political issues come in. So the Imam government has long argued that Tamimi can't be extradited because 
there is no formal extradition agreement uh, with the United States. And so lawmakers contend that the late King Hussein, who actually died in 1999, um, did sign such a treaty with the US uh, in 1995. However, it was never signed into law by the Jordanian parliament. Um, so it's sort of a murky issue. Um, and then in 2017, Jordan's highest court ruled that Tamimi could not be extradited as the 1995 treaty had not been ratified and said that such a move would be unconstitutional. However, King Abdullah has the power to override the court's decision. Um, but it's, you're again, you're dealing with this issue where would he do that? Um, it would very much likely spark outrage in the streets of uh, the Hashemite kingdom. And 70% of its population is of Palestinian descent. So you'd probably be dealing with quite a, a security quagmire um, if the king was to do that. Um, so, and again, they say that it's unconstitutional. However, uh, Jordan has carved extradition exceptions in the years past. Uh, one example, Jordan allowed Washington to extract a man by Iyad Ismoil, and he was a Jordanian national, um, and he was sent to the U.S. to stand trial over his role in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. So exceptions are made when the political will is there. And obviously with this, and, and despite in multiple administrations and the Roths campaigning, they aren't seeing the political will from Washington um, to to have uh, their daughter's killer, you know, be extradited to the U.S. and, and stand trial and, and live out, you know, the rest of her days um, behind bars, which would be what would be expected um, out of a case like that. Yeah. So, well, it doesn't sound like the, the political will is there. So how have you checked in with the parents and seen how they're dealing with this reality? Absolutely. And, and I, I speak to Arnold Roth um, you know, routinely, he's a, a lovely man, um, sort of still based in Jerusalem, and and really, he and his wife, and and they also have a younger daughter uh, with special needs as well, and and he always sort of tells me about how wonderful Maliki was in in sort of being with her and working with a lot of children with special needs, and um, what a gift she had for that, you know, even as a teenager. So, so it's uh it's something that's very raw to the family, and I think. You know, we can look at it as, you know, but 21 years have passed. Um, can't they just get over it? And absolutely not. You know, they're fighting for the justice and accountability, you know, for their daughter who will never get to grow up. You know, she'll never get to, to uh, get married and have children and go to you know university and do all the things that, that she should have been able to do because her life was cut so dramatically short. Um, and so they will do whatever they can to continue that fight um, in whatever way that they can. And there are some lawmakers uh, who are sort of still pushing the need. One is uh, Greg Stubbe. He's a, a representative a Republican representative in Florida, and he's been quite active um, in sort of trying to at least put the the issue on the radar. Um, I believe it was in April, King Abdullah did visit uh, with in the White House, but it doesn't seem to be that the issue was raised then. Is is a frustration for them, but they will continue to to push and to fight, and and also. Um. So, Kali, the the what is being done in terms of trying to redress the situation of getting back to being on track with uh, 
justice for uh, for well, this. to be frank, very little is being done, uh, which again is is shameful considering that um, to me the US government in the world. Um, however, the Roths have had some success in lawmakers to pay attention to the issue. Uh, US Representative Greg Stubbe, uh, a Republican in Florida, uh, he has been sort of actively working to try to at least get the issue on the radar. Um, and he sort of said very sternly that our U.S. tax dollars uh, will not continue to flow to a country harboring a Hamas terrorists with American blood on their hands. Um, so the Roths are obviously doing everything they can uh, to uh, for their daughter. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, it's uh, despite to Mimi being the most wanted woman in the world, it really, you know, through multiple administrations has failed to be a priority. Oh, gosh. Well, um, a very sad state of affairs, to be sure. And uh, hopefully it will resolve itself over time. Um, kind of a disturbing story today to see how justice doesn't always carry. But uh, thank you, Holly. And um, uh, we look forward to the next one.